Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish fans that are with us today. This is Irish on Tap, brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I am your host, Brandon Suarez, and I am joined by my co-host, Ethan Wiles. Ethan, how you doing on the on the horizon of this uh, Bowling Green matchup that we got coming up this weekend? Oh, man, I feel like it's been so long since uh, we've played, but it's good to be back. Uh, good matchup this week against a team that should be a solid win and a good win to get us going here into the big stretch, so... Oh uh, yeah, I mean it's it's an opponent that is not even holding their own in an inferior. Well, we're not in a conference, but in a uh, you know inferior conference, the MAC conference. Uh, you know, last week they got blown out sixty-two to twenty. They're one and three on the season, and their only win came in week one against Morgan State. Uh, the score was forty-six to three in that one. Played Kansas State in week two, lost that one fifty-two to nothing, and then lost thirty-five to seven to Louisiana Tech. Uh, the matchup predictor has Notre Dame has a 99.6% chance of winning this game. So, yeah, that's, that's pre- pretty much as high as you can go. Uh, Bowling Green's offense by the numbers, so they're averaging 18.3 points per game, uh, 352 yards, 187.5 through the air, 165 on the ground. Their defense has given up 38 points a game, 448 total, uh, with 227, 8 you know, yards per game on the – air and then 220.8 on the ground so this is an offense and a defense that has been struggling they haven't played any real you know title contenders or any of the blue bloods of college football kansas state solid program maybe they'll scrape the you know top 25 by the end of the year but this is a team that you know they have no business being out there on saturday with notre dame but i mean i guess we're the ones who invited them you got to play who's out there uh ethan as far as Bowling Green goes, um, after looking at the numbers, what are some ways that you think this offense should attack this you know weak Bowling Green defense? Because this is this is an important game. We got to get the offense back on track. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a confidence builder game for Ian Book. Um, you know, obviously, I think Brian Kelly and the staff does a good job at making sure those guys don't feed into you know what's being said on the outside and. Um, you know, I think they're going to try and establish the passing game a little bit better this week um, because it has to be. I mean, we've everyone said it, obviously. So um, it, it's just going to be one of those games, like I said, just got to build this confidence. And with this defense against a, a MAC team, which, by the way, we get to see three MAC schools in one day as NIU students. So what a treat for us. Oh, yeah. But, the MACTION will be in full effect on Saturday. I am so excited. But, like I said, I mean... I will be streaming the game from the stands uh, at Hustle Stadium. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah I hate I mean, like to I... see it. They're my favorite team. I'm going to watch them if they're on. I mean, I'm still going to be at the game because, you know, we live right... You know, our backyard is a goddamn college football stadium. But, yeah, several beers to drink on Saturday. Kraken will be in full effect. Uh, Ethan and I will, you know, we're going to be at the Northern Illinois versus Ball State game, get some action. And then we got Notre Dame going to beat the piss out of Bowling Green this week. It's it's not even fair, Ethan, at this point. And, you know, you know I I, think I, I, go ahead. The, the sad thing is we've said this about a familiar opponent that we'll be seeing on Saturday with Ball State last year, and look what happened then. Obviously, we're probably talking on two different scales. I, I clearly don't know much about Bowling Green, but 
Um, you know, we, we overlooked the Mac opponent last year and they almost came into our house and, you know, it was a six point victory. Obviously yeah, they ended a, up that escaping was, that was 24, 16. That was, that was a tough win. That was a Brandon Wimbush game pre Ian book pre the offense finally starting to somewhat click. So like I said, this is a, a, a big game for, for Ian book to, to break out of the shell and, and get the passing game going a little bit. And, um, get that get, get it going you know uh, like we've talked about earlier this week Chris Fink has not gotten his name called as much as we all expected yeah and and I mean it's tough people are probably you know they're keying in more in on Fink uh, obviously you had to worry about Miles Boykin last year so that's obviously something that's going to be in the back of DB's heads at all times but, I mean even Claypool's been kind of tamed this year he's still He's still getting, you know, as far as catch numbers, like he's getting still like six, eight a week. But uh, his yardage, you know, his yardage numbers have seen a drop off. But I think that, you know, the the receivers as a whole uh, just need to come together and, you know, they'll they'll be fine. We've seen them. They're all capable of it, but they need to come together and, you know, with Ian Book especially and, and just get on the same page. And once that happens, you know, the offense will be back to rolling like we've seen them roll before. And, you know, like I mentioned last week, momentum's huge in college football. And once this team gets rolling, there's not much of anything that can stop them. I mean, the defense is flying all over the field. You got, you know, forced fumbles, you know, freshmen, true freshmen making pick sixes. Like it's the defense is filled with playmakers. Obviously, injuries, you know, we're, you know, we're losing Crawford. He's going to be out for a substantial amount of time. Dalen Hayes is going to be coming back next year, but he'll be out for the remainder of this season. So it's like next man up mentality. We are playing an inferior opponent, but I don't see, you know, anywhere near the ballpark of 24-6 like it was against Ball State last year. So, Well, you know, I think going back to what we were talking about with the offense, and you know, we can say that, you know, things aren't looking the best because clearly they haven't, but I'm going to go back to a line that I've heard for a long time now. If it's not broke, don't fix it. And that's what thrown to the tight ends. No one can, I, I mean, look what Cole Komet did against uh, Georgia. Yeah, he had a breakout yeah. game. And, I, and we, you know, not that we necessarily called him performing late in Georgia, but we stressed that all, you know, every podcast until the damn Georgia game. And then the, the kid goes out and has the game of his life. You know, couldn't be more proud of him as a you know Notre Dame fan, and then he goes out and gives the John Mackey you know tight end of the week award. So, Komet, he's capable of it. He, like we both have mentioned, you know, Ethan, he's he's kind of Ian Book's blanket. Um, obviously, I mean, you know, we're a heavy heavy run team, but Cole Komet is the most dependable receiver or pass catcher, I'll call him, uh, on that offense right now. I mean, as far as our two favorite teams in football, the Bears and Notre Dame, it's a similar style. You know they have no, the Bears don't throw the ball deep. Notre Dame hasn't really taken many shots this season. Um, obviously, the RPO system has limited the deep passes, and typically Notre Dame is an RPO offense. So you know you don't see that. But you know in the Georgia game, Ian Book threw two picks that were not deep balls, but medium throws on the run. So you know let's get him out of the pocket a little bit. See what he can do on the run this week. See what he can do. You know, scrambling again. He hasn't really scrambled much since the first two games of the season. So, um, you know, yeah, I he's guess... kept that kind of under wraps. Uh, 
probably, you know, Billy's probably in his ear. They're telling him, like, yo, we need you for the whole season. You got to be careful out there. I mean, we've said that for the first two weeks, that that man was just taking shots left and right, and there was no way he was going to last 12 games. No, he was out there getting whacked. So, you know, I guess, you know, that's a positive for, you know, a kid who, you know, has a good arm. Let him stand in the pocket, but at the same time, if he can't throw on the run, we got to start working that at some point. So um, I hate to overlook an opponent because you never know what can happen. Obviously, we've all seen it. But, oh, yeah. you know, this you know very well could turn up to be a 14-7 to game at halftime, and we're all sitting in our stands going, what's going on? I will leave the game at Northern if that's the case. I promise you that. Well, I hope that that doesn't have to happen, but yeah, like I said, I think blackout beat him just like, bro, how are we not blowing this team out of the water? And then we'll record instantly after the game because I'll just be in rage quit mode. Yeah, I hope we don't have to get to that point. A little bit of foreshadowing, bro. We're going to blow this team out of the water. They don't stand a chance, man. I promise you there is no way that Bowling Green is going to come into Notre Dame Stadium, you know, after getting pushed around by Kansas State by you know Louisiana Tech teams like that it, it, they're not they're not equipped to hang with us and I mean you had mentioned earlier you know you were listening to Barstool Radio you're talking about how shitty players were in the MAC now I don't necessarily agree with that but think about it like this the guys at Bowling Green probably two three maybe some four star recruits sprinkled in there you know what we're bringing to the table for the game so I mean from my standpoint um Obviously, no disrespect to the MAC. I do see quality players come in and out of that conference year in and year out to go to the NFL. But when it comes to matching up against a team like Notre Dame, they're just not there. You may have, you know, a couple of dogs out there, a couple guys that, you know, could be matchup problems for certain people on this Notre Dame team. But as a whole, they're going to lack the team speed. They're going to lack the overall talent and just, you know, the big game, you know, the big game presence. It's Notre Dame Stadium. Those kids have not played in. You know, unless, you know, for sure their quarterbacks a transfer from Boston College, but a lot of those kids have not, you know, played in that environment in front of, you know, 80,000, 90,000 people. Yeah, I, I, the situation at, at the end obviously will be the fact that the experience is not there, but you hate to throw out the potential trap game scenario. And um, look, we've all had the concerns about how slow the team comes out in the first quarter and, you know, we should be blowing a team out when we're only up by 10 or we're only up by a touchdown and then we find our rhythm in the fourth quarter. we got to find that rhythm in the first quarter and carry that through the game, especially against an opponent like this. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the week, this is Brian Van Gorder's uh, return to Notre Dame. So there be some bad blood out there. I, I think Brian Kelly is really going to try and put it on this Bowling Green team. He's really not going to hold anything back this week. That'd be nice to see. I think that'd be, you know, this is obviously in terms of, you know, coach against coach matchups. I think this is really the first major matchup for Brian Kelly since obviously the Clemson game. So, uh, but this, I mean, has a whole different meaning. Former staff and, I mean, that defense back when he was on the coaching staff was fairly good for a while. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we wish him the best of luck. Never talk about another man's job, especially Brian Van Gorder. That's an angry, angry man to uh, have not on your side. Uh, he did have some quality players, though, in his time at Notre Dame. But I just think, you know, like I like I had mentioned, it's going to come down to talent and team speed, and I just don't think this Bowling Green has it. And I honestly, 
Um, you know, it's early in conference play. We'll get a chance to see what some of the other MAC teams look like. You know, obviously, we must go into these Northern games, but this is a Bowling Green team that might finish at the bottom of the MAC. You know, maybe in the in the range of three and nine and four and eight. They're definitely not winning this weekend. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's tough um, just for a team like that. I mean, I felt bad for Ball State last year as well coming in, and um, the experience isn't there for them. So I think we we pretty much just. We pretty much said Notre Dame's just going to blow this team out of the water. So, I mean, I I don't disagree, but I'm just, like I said, I'm worried about how we come out. Do we come out with a tempo where we, you know, trying to run the ball and then we get three yards on two downs and then we decide to pass the ball. And that's, that's what I, that's what worries me about this offense right now. So, yeah, uh, I do have another interesting tidbit of information for you, too. Uh, they're getting paid $1.1 million to come to Notre Dame Stadium. So we're going to play a little game here. Ethan. Where do you think those funds are going to get allocated to? Um, probably not the student or the, the student athletes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I knew that. That was definitely not the answer. You think maybe we're going to get some new helmets, a couple new jersey sets, you know, maybe some new stands. Where do you think we're putting this money? Oh, well, that's tough, man. Um, you know, we, we have to do some. I feel like next year's Clemson game is going to be so big that they're going to have to find a way to add seats. Oh, yeah. Because that, I mean, that's a. That's a huge if matchup. I can find my way, Bend. if I can find my way to that game, I will be there. I promise that, you that. I'm tell- that's that's going to be a hot ticket. That's going to be a real expensive ticket, no doubt. And that's a that's a fan base that will travel. And oh yeah, yeah and you Bend, know, you know, one of our buddies, uh, one of our favorite sports buddies, Mr. Greg Williams, will probably be in attendance with them being that close. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, I need to go out and talk shit with the boy Greg, man. Hey, you know, I haven't had much shit to talk with him considering they're two and zero against us in uh, the span of time that I've known him. So uh... yeah, it's more Bears Packers related, but I think in the coming years, as Clemson kind of comes back down to the real reality, uh, Notre Dame will start to play catch up. And I think early season prediction, you know, next year it, it's you know with Trevor Lawrence probably going to find his way to finesse his way out of college this year he's just that damn good but if he doesn't he's probably going to be mailing it in for next year you know what i'm saying so oh i mean i guarantee he's already number one next year but while we're on the topic of clemson and i get this is an irish podcast but i want to get your take because paul feinbaum a guy that usually hates notre dame does not like notre dame i can't stand paul feinbaum or his shitty sports takes he said that clemson does not belong in the top four I did hear that, yeah. I forgot. I, I mean, I forget some of the stuff that he says. Some of it's just so absurd. It's like Skip Bayless-esque. And, you know, it's it's just crazy. And at the end of the day, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. This team goes out. They win 10, 11 games every year, you know, with the extent, again, of the 4-8 and eight year, the one down year that we've had as of late, you know, since Brian Kelly has been with us. This has been a team that has been successful. This has been a team that has been putting people in the NFL at not, you know, not the highest rate, but definitely, you know, I would go out, you know, not fact check, but I would say top 15, top 20 has to be Notre Dame as far as 
getting players to the draft every year, you know, signed via the UDFA route. And those UDFAs usually make the roster. So they somehow get skipped draft day. But, you know, Tavon Coney's out there with Oakland. We'll see him this weekend playing against the Bears. But, I mean, at the end of the day, is you know, we're getting a little off the rails. As far as this week goes, the offense needs to be consistent. They need to get the, you know, I'm going to go out and fuck the running game this week. We know what we can do with the running game. Tony Jones Jr. is a capable back. You know, Jameer Smith, good back. Sebo uh, Flemister and Avery Davis, they're capable. I want to see what Ian Book and the receivers can do. They're going to be playing against a lower opponent, a, a team that, again, does not belong playing Notre Dame, but it's non-conference. It's college football, so it is what it is. You play the team scheduled. You can't do anything about it. So now that we have this team that is not – up to the committee's standards or up to the media or whoever's standards, we got to go out and beat them by 100. There's no other way to play this game. You got to no, kill them. You got to go and kill them. Yeah, this can't be a close game. This can't be a slow game. This, I mean, if, at this point, if you're proven to everybody that you deserve to be in the top four, you can't play a close game against the Mac opponent. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, this this Notre Dame team has a lot to prove to the committee, but the committee has not counted them out, and they have been vocal about that. So I don't care what your friends have to say. I don't care what the media has to say. The people that are actually in charge of the decision, the ones that control it, still have Notre Dame. I believe they're like a, a, a 38 or a 48% chance if they win out, but obviously that's going to come down to some voting. So. As long as we're in the back of their heads as a team that, you know, we may have lost, it's a quality loss, as, as stupid as that sounds, is, you know, I want to win every game. But in terms of the committee, in terms of, you know, even the way the BCS quality losses are something that are, you know, kept track of in college. And I guess we got ours early in the season and we just have to run the table from here. And it starts, you know, it started last week with the Virginia game. It was obviously a slow start. Defense played out of their mind, and they were able to find themselves at the end of that game. But the offense is what needs to flourish in this game. They need to be able to connect on short, medium, and long passes. Like They need to figure everything out, sprinkle some play action in there. Obviously, you're going to have to run the ball, but I'm saying don't run the ball as much as you normally do because we're successful at it. We have a quality line, and we have quality backs. We need to see what Ian Book is about this week, and I hate having to bring it up every week, but it's... It's just consistent with how this season's going. We've seen him. He's capable of it. We just need to see him create it. We've said it a thousand times. I'll say it's on blue in the, until I'm in the face. This Notre Dame team does not reach their full potential without Ian Book reaching his. Yeah, I agree. I think one thing that we're overlooking, too, because we're so focused on the offense, is that um, you know, this can't be a, a come-out lackadaisical game for the defense. I mean, if you we you obviously know that you are on a different scale than your opponent. You well, I don't. I don't think. It, I don't think it will be though, Ethan, because you know, Tariq Bracy is going to be playing. There's going to be some underclassmen in there. There's going to be some hungry guys. I really, you know, I hope that that wouldn't be the case this weekend. Well, I mean, like I think it's the best game for those backups, obviously coming off the injuries. That uh, this is the best game for them because now you're going to come next week or come two weeks, you're going to be put in one of you know the biggest games of your college career. Yeah, and I mean, we talk about environment every week. That's a crazy environment. The Big House is one of the best environments in all of sports. 
yeah, you got that and the fact that you're playing your biggest rival at home on prime time the week before or the week the week after. Yeah, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be tough. I mean, this is a this is probably the toughest stretch uh, for the remainder of the season. I would have to go out and say, but I mean, this is a resilient team, and Brian Kelly's got you know he's been vocal about it. This is quite possibly uh, defensively at least, and you know even the offense, the line, and you know, our boy Tommy Tremble, a very physical team, and when physical like that, you can hang with anyone. Oh yeah, I mean. We've seen, you know, we've seen it from this team. We've also seen the lowest of times with, when it comes to that with this team. But um, we've said it from the beginning. This defense is something else. Oh, yeah. You know, and the yeah. offense, the offense has the potential to be they one, have of the, one of the best. One of the best. So, yeah, obviously, you're, you're not talking Clemson, Alabama level just yet. But, you know, they have the uh, the potential to be in the top ten in terms of offense and we haven't seen that yet. So Yeah, and we you know, just everyone need, says you it. know, we just need to see more of a balanced attack. We'll go over the Notre Dame offensive numbers real quick. Um but I mean it's it's just the consistency factor. It's just you gotta go in week in and week out and just take care of business. Do your job. You know, focus on what you can control. Ian Book, you cannot control whether your receivers are open or not. So I mean I'll go out and say it. That's that's simple football. Anybody knows that. So you got to do the best with what you got. You know, if you got to scramble, you got to scramble. You're capable of it. You're quick enough. You can make something happen. Um, but as far as, you know, Notre Dame's, you know, Notre Dame by the numbers. So we're averaging 38 points a game. Uh, so we're actually the exact opposite of uh, Bowling Green. So averaging 38 points a game, giving 18 total yards, 414, 266.8 through the air, 147.5 on the ground. And then we're giving up 355 yards, 201 through the air, and 154 through the uh, or on the ground. So, I mean, this is a team that is, you know, is just not going to hang with us. I, I, I don't know. I can't say it anymore. I, 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 don't, I don't got anything else on them. They're, you know, looking at their offensive, you know, look at their quarterback, 66 of 114, 664 yards, three touchdowns, three picks. Uh, Darius Wade, you know, the Boston College transfer, not really a dual threat, but does have a substantial amount of carries, I believe 28 on the season. Uh, Davon Jones, 43 carries, 205 yards, one touchdown, not worried about the run game. And uh, Quentin Morris, uh, 16 receptions, 218 yards, and touchdowns. So, I mean... This is an offense that looks like it tries to spread it out, or they really just aren't doing that much. If these are your stat leaders, well, you know they'll they'll get the the classic garbage time drive that will make them look like a really good offense, and they'll be hyped up about it. But um, oh yeah, yeah. I, against this defense, no doubt, bang, banged I, I can up or str- not. Go yeah. ahead. Now banged up or not, yeah, against this defense, it's going to be a fun day for the Irish defense. Yeah, I cannot stress enough the importance of if you're one of these small school guys to get your touchdown when you go play Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium because that's something that's going to be on your highlight tape and NFL teams will see that, CFL teams will see that, any head coach of any team that you're pursuing after college will see that and that shit holds will believe that. Yeah, I mean this is a huge stage. This is this is their Super Bowl, you know, playing at Notre Dame Stadium, one of the, you know, historical stadiums in college football. So, um, you know, I'd love to get that opportunity. I, I Probably the same way 
a bunch of these guys that we have classes with every day would say the same thing that they'd love to play in a stadium like Notre Dame. Um, oh yeah, big Rudy so, energy, big Rudy energy. Oh, hundred percent. Still looking, of, still looking out of the smaller tunnel, and you're getting booed. But you know, yeah, we're still looking for boosters to fund uh, Super Rudy featuring Joe Schmidt. So. Yes, yes, feel free. Yes. If there are any boosters that are living with us today, that is something that is a project that ONTAP Irish would have to bring to you. Uh, but as far as this weekend goes, Ethan, who do you have on the offensive side um, as a top performer this week? You know, I mentioned him earlier in the show, and I'm going to stick with him. I'm going to go Cole Komet. I feel like uh, they're going to try and get the passing game going, but um, – they're going to go to – obviously, Ian Book will, will go to him if, if things don't work out. And, you know, he's shown the last couple of weeks that he's good enough to haul in those catches and and uh, and make the big plays. So I'm going to stick with him on the offensive side. Yeah, I think it's going to be a case of too, too big, too fast, and too strong for the Bowling Green linebackers, safeties, whoever's matched up against him this weekend. And on the defensive side, who do you have as your outstanding performer of the week? We talked about him last week. Yeah, uh, he had a great performance last weekend. I'm gonna stick with him this weekend. I'm gonna go uh, Julian Aquara this week. Okay. Yeah, he had a great like he, game last week. Like, and, and welcome back, welcome back, because we have missed you this year, brother. I feel like it's gonna be the same case what you just said with Cole Komet. Too fast, too strong. You know that Derrick Rose quote. You know, uh, Julian. I think Aquara it's. Uh, just... I think it's Stacy King. Uh, we'll we'll definitely have to write a citation for Stacy King for the podcast is released because hundred percent. But, but yeah, that's just I, I mean, a, that's a me ass quote, and that's literally the case tomorrow for Cole Komet against Bowling or on Saturday against Bowling Green. Yeah, I mean, it will be the storyline for the entire game, I think. But in turn, if you're asking me to pick one, you know, he he had he was slow in the start. Uh, he broke out last week, and you know, like this is a confidence game for everybody. You know, let him get the quarterback four or five times. Obviously, that'd be great. You know, but get him in the backfield. Um, you know, overpower the offensive line because this defensive line is is one of the best. Yeah, and I think you know the defense as a team. You know, shutting a team out for four quarters is tough, but a half. You know, Bowling Green should have zero points. Yeah. Yeah, I think it should be I, that should be a goal. With the classic garbage time because you know it's gonna happen. Yeah, but, they'll, they'll score um, late because it always happens. But I think this is a team in Bowling Green that's not gonna get much, and what you know when they do end up scoring, it's gonna be late in the game. So is this gonna segue into our picks because I have a bold prediction for this game? Uh, yeah. So you you go ahead and you give me your uh, game prediction, and then I'll go over my top performer game prediction, and we'll wrap everything up. I'm gonna put Notre Dame sixty-three to ten. Woo. They're gonna sixty-point Bowling Green. The pass, the offensive pass game is gonna click. I'm gonna say book throws for four. I, I'm gonna give one to Phil. I'm gonna give one to Phil. Phil's gonna. Oh come yeah, in. Phil. Phil Phil's will probably play on in. Saturday. Yeah. Phil's gonna come in. He's gonna throw a touchdown pass. Notre Dame wins sixty-three to ten. So when Phil throws that touchdown pass, uh, do we have quarterback controversy? Like, you know, every time the Bears have a bad quarterback come in and play decent? You know, maybe. <laughs> Obviously, we're joking on that. Ian Book, this is your team. Go out there and kill it on Saturday, brother. Uh, but for me, 
Uh, my offensive uh, performer of the week is going to be Chris Fink. So I think this is his slump buster game. I think Chris Fink is able to find his rhythm, create the separation that he needs, get the yards after the catch. You know, he is so talented at doing, you know, he's very shifty in space. It's hard to break down even at his small size. And an opportunity, too, I think, uh, I haven't really looked too much into the special teams play of Bowling Green, but an opportunity for him to maybe take one of the house on special teams. So hopefully, uh, with that being said, Chris Fink will have a breakout game this weekend and get on track to have a good second half of the season. Uh, As far as the defense goes, I'm going to be looking at Tariq Bracey, okay? So this is a guy that came late in the game for Sean Crawford last week, finished the game with seven tackles, and I believe this weekend, you know, Tariq Bracey is going to have it's his start you know, at Notre Dame. So maybe a little nervous, but I think Tariq Bracey is going to go out, you know, be able to, you know, hone that pressure and have a quality game, and he might even be out of the game early because he's now the starter. So could see, you know, a plethora of players on both sides of the ball. Um, you said 63-10 for score prediction. I'm going to be somewhere in that same area. I'm going to go 56-7. to seven. Uh, You know, like I said, Bowling Green's going to get a late touchdown. Just happens in football, you know. It's hard to keep a team shut out for 60 minutes of football. Ethan, do you have anything is, else? Yeah. Do you have anything I, well, else I'm for our you, listeners? I, I'm glad you went with Chris Fink on the offensive side of the ball because I've gone with him like three times a season, and it clearly has not gone well. So uh, maybe a little change of pace here. You picking Chris Fink, I going with somebody else uh, that'll kickstart the offense a little bit. If that's the case, we're no longer picking receivers the rest of the year. So yeah, We're yeah. just going to start picking like the backup center as my offensive player of the week. And the offense will just click, and we'll be good. They just got to find that rhythm. Trevor Rulin. Trevor Rulin. Yeah, tre- he's my, he's tre- my offensive player of the week every week. I've Big Trevor Rulin, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's it goes without being said. This is a team that has their work cut out for them on Saturday. Should be a good environment, um, you know, for Bowling Green coming in, getting to play at Notre Dame Stadium. But this is a game, like we both have said, uh, Bowling Green – not gonna, you know, they're not gonna be hanging with Notre Dame. Um, it's gonna get ugly early, and you know we're expecting to see everyone firing on all cylinders. So, like I said, Ethan, very important point at the beginning of the podcast. Just because it's a lesser opponent, does not mean overlook them. Treat them like they're Bama. Treat them like they're Clemson. They took the game. Go out and remind them why they shouldn't have. So, that's my thought on it. Yeah, we talked about it. We we hit on the point. This needs to be a game that uh, proves to the committee that you know we can beat or we can com- you know compete with the the good teams and we beat the teams that we should be beating by a substantial amount. So uh, you know this is a big week for Notre Dame to to really prove that. Um, it's a big week in terms of getting the offense back on track, um, and it, it it's a big week for getting this team to fully mesh because you know, you're about to hit that part of the schedule where the games are going to be tougher. The wins are going to be tougher to get and you need the more people, more people are going to be injured too. So actually, yeah, most important. This is the most important of this weekend. Everyone needs to come out of this game healthy because in the grand scheme of things, it truly means nothing. The only thing that matters really on Saturday is style points and going out and beating them by a hundred. 
Yeah, and I think in, you know, in terms of the schedule as well, uh, this matchup comes to us at a good time because um, you know we are starting to hit that point where you know guys are getting banged up, and um, you know it is important because you're back at home next week. Like I said, against USC, a team that has not been good, uh, but it's your rival, and you well, are US, 100% sure your rival. USC has been decent this year, I think. I don't. I mean, if you're asking, they lost. Us, they lost last weekend, but they're they're a team that's you know destroyed with injuries. I think they're down to their third or fourth string quarterback. So obviously, we're hoping next week it doesn't come down to the second and third stringers in terms of both teams. But um, again, I mean, they are in the Pac-12, so I do kind of see what you're saying. The Pac-12 and the fact that USC knows Notre Dame. You know, they love to ruin their season. They love to come into Notre Dame Stadium and do it to them, uh, and that's just how USC is. But yeah, this game means a lot to Notre Dame because you got to be ready by next week because oh, yeah. you know the implications for USC. They hate us. We hate them. It's how it works. The bad for the Jules Chalele. Yeah, I'd love to get that back. Need that. Uh, and then they got the bye week after that, so before Michigan and uh, Virginia Tech. So. Um, yeah, obviously, like you said, this week needs to be a week that uh, score early, score often, get the number twos in there, and uh, and get them going because you know we we need the ones healthy next week. Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, get out of this game healthy. Everybody, do your job. Get the starters out of there by the second or third quarter. You know, once we're up twenty-one or twenty-eight, get them up out of there. Get some of the younger guys their reps. Make it out of this game healthy and leave no stone unturned. Notre Dame by a million this week. You can find our work at the ontapsportsnet.com. You can find me on Twitter at beaton300. Ethan, where can we find you at on Twitter, brother? Uh, Ethan underscore wiles10. Didn't, didn't want to uh, mess the handle up. I am the jump the gun guy, and I am the mispronunciation guy over here at ONTAP Sportsnet. You can ask my co-host over there at Bears on Tap as well. It's just my job. Uh, but again, thank you for joining us today and for another episode of Irish on Tap. We'll be with you after the Bowling Green game with a post and recap and then a follow-up episode for the pregame of USC next week. And go Irish.